Hey guys, this is James. And Greg. We're the co-hosts of the Sports Dance Podcast, a weekly podcast recapping all the news, sports, daily fantasy, and anything else you can want to know in the sports world. If you like blazing hot sports takes, you like a little bit of humor, maybe a little bit of murder. No, just kidding. All sports. But follow us, uh, Greg. On Twitter at SportsStands underscore. You can follow James at SportsStandsJ. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, we got it all. At Boom. the SportsStands. And, you know, just check us out. You're going to love what we bring to the table. Every single week, hot takes, nothing less. The Sports the Stance. Sports stance. Hey guys, welcome to the Sports Sense Podcast with Greg and James. I'm the second part, and with me, as always, he might be starting with wide receiver for the New York Giants next week. It's Greg Cowan, everybody. What's happening, baby? I got to stretch out those hamstrings, uh, wrap up those ankles, because guess what, James? I'm on the team. Yeah, Greg, I think that the resume, uh, you know, the requirements that they're looking for in the New York Giants, and I, I think you, you hit them all correctly. I'm looking at them right here. Uh, are you currently in a hospital bed? No. Okay, great. On the team. Yeah. What do we think? Have your ankles not bent sideways in the past three days? No. Have you uh, been on any sort of uh, luxury boating experience uh, in the last year? No. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm surprised. You and Mary seem like cruise people. We're not, not in the least. We're uh, really? take a plane to a nice island type people and then pay for everything there. You seem like you scream cruise to me. You scream like I want to be the most popular guy on the cruise ship. I want to, I want to play shuffleboard with the oldies, but then also get down with the young ones. Yeah, no, I do that at an all-inclusive resort instead. All right, yeah. I go, I'm the guy that goes to the bar at like the pool bar and goes, "Honey, I'll be back with your drink in like ten minutes." Two hours go by, and she comes to the pool bar and is like, what the hell is going on? Everybody's like, oh, is this your wife that you've been talking about? We love Greg, type thing. Uh, that sounds like that, – that literally translates perfectly on a cruise. Like, cruise yes. people to me always seem like they're all, they're all down to meet, like, their new best friends on the cruise. Yeah. Like, we don't have a lot of best friends at home. We're down to meet all the new ones on this cruise. Yeah, basically. Uh, I've actually – we've actually met couples from, like, nearby towns in Massachusetts when we've gone – and hung out with them when we came back once or twice. That feels weird though, right? Like it, it's it not the same. It didn't happen much after that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean like it's the same thing with like weddings. It's like you have your – like I'm a big proponent of the wedding one night stand best friend. Yep. Like especially at weddings you don't know a lot of people. Like I went to a wedding uh, a few weeks ago and personal I didn't know a soul the basically. Personal detail. Personal detail. Well, my girlfriend was uh, in, in the bridal party and I didn't know a soul. Uh, except I found one dude who also didn't know a soul and we just became best friends. Friend for like connection. Yeah, exactly. We had a great time. We danced, we bunched with a beer. Uh, you know, we, we, we connected. I legitimately think I could be friends with that guy. If I met him outside a wedding, I will never see him again. And I'm never okay with again. That. Not yeah, even, okay not even that. trying to find him on Facebook. As a man in a committed relationship, this is the most, like, this is the closest I can get to a one night stand. Yep. I mean, that's, that's what it is. Except it's that's with a good, dude. Good yeah, reasoning. Exactly. I'm never going to actually like, I'm probably never going to have a one night stand again. Like I'm not in college. Like I have a, I have a pretty committed relationship. I'm probably never going to have a one night stand again. So these probably. wedding relationships are like the closest I'm ever going to get. The closer you're going to get is if you know, you get a little crazy in the bedroom and you're like, you're a different person. Wear a wig. Yeah, exactly. And usually it's me wearing the wig. So yeah. Well, that's kind of what I figured. 
Yeah, you're right. You seem like the type. You have like five or six wigs, different colors. <laughs> I like to mix it up. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today, as always. I, I'll say that, you know what? My pledge to you, listening audience, is I'll say that any, every single week, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, because if we don't, we're probably not going to record that week. Sure, why not? Uh, we have all of the NFL Week 5 action. We're a quarter of the way through the season. I think we already were a quarter of the way through the season. But yeah, but you were a little under the weather last week. So we you missed know, last week. So I we're going to... Like a hot take of uh, playoff talk. Our progress reports are coming out a little later this time of year. Yeah, uh, right. We have the Week 5 NFL action. Uh, we have some MLB playoffs. We're going to save our NBA thoughts till next week because I think we want to do a big NBA preview if possible. We do. Before we get to any of that, Greg, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You know, uh, doing a lot of family stuff the next few weekends. So cleaning up the house, have a uh, family I hasn't seen it coming up this weekend. Then this past weekend, uh, went out for a friend of ours, uh, Dirty 30. Uh, shout out to Hootie. Yeah, um, I actually came after you left. Yeah, uh, well, we went to one bar, paid no cover. Went to a second bar, paid a cover. And then like five minutes after that, the, some of the friends were like, we're out. We don't want to be here anymore. And I was like, I'm in a relationship and I just spent my only $20 to get in here. So I'm staying. And that's what every yeah. other coupled off person that was there did also. I just want to throw it out there. That that party, props to Hootie because I love the dude. Uh, that party was definitely like the pinnacle of Hootie was our one single friend. Yeah. And he wanted to go to all of the bars that single people like to go to. And, pay and all of the couple people were like, oh, I can't even hear myself think right now. Well, and that's I, normally just how I feel like at home. Which bar did you end up going to? Because we were at Bell in Hand and uh, it was awfully crowded and terrible. Um, we went to, I think it was Green Dragon. Yeah, we started there. Yeah. So no, you it was went back. back. <laughs> it, it wasn't, yeah, it went back. It wasn't, it wasn't great. You know, the bar situation wasn't great. Hootie was great. It was, it was a little, great. Little, little cramped. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I couldn't really get a drink. I was after a concert, so, like, I, I was already kind of like, uh, I was actually going to stay there overnight, and I just ended up driving home because I was like, this this is, you know, bad scene. That's, yeah. Uh, after that, was a buddy of ours, Zach, and his girlfriend came back to our place and saw met our puppy, and oh, we're good. here for, like, an hour. Good, good. We'll see him yeah. next week, I think. Yeah, uh, next week. Well, don't you have uh, an event this weekend? I do, yeah. Yeah, sorry I can't attend that. I'm disappointed. Oh, good. We're going to get all our small talk out of the way. You yeah, know. we just got to get it all out of the way. Uh, you, uh, speaking of concerts, what concert did you go see? I think it was he Bruno Mars. The Bruno Filipino flying guy? I don't know. Does he have a nickname? Yeah, no, I mean the dude that that was a show. I mean I've been I've I've been to a lot of concerts. I'm kind of a connoisseur, a music connoisseur. You are. So I've been to quite a few shows in my day, uh, and I think there's a difference between like a concert and like a show. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, there's definitely like concerts like a concerts that are like, yeah, good music, and then there's yeah. ones like, wow. Exactly. Like I think that like a so I think that like the concerts that I like a concert to me is like a band and kind of just like slugging it out and trying to make it happen and you know just just for like working through some stuff and you know maybe the performance isn't all the way there but they got some good music and you have fun it's almost more about the crowd yeah and the band at the same time whereas like a show like one of the bigger concerts or like a broadway show even is way more about what's going on on stage like so for example like i, I i've seen um 
Joker a few times. You know, Wolf Mother from, uh, you know, Woman and Joker and the Thief and all that kind of stuff. I know the name. I wouldn't be able to name songs as easily. Totally fine. Yeah. So I, I've seen them a few times and it, it was a smaller venue. And that's way more about like, you know, what's happening in the crowd and, and you know, how the crowd's interacting with the band and all that kind of stuff. Bruno Mars was a full on show. Yeah, I could that see that. That was like. There was there was fireworks like inside. It was in the garden, and there were fireworks. Um, the stage was unreal. Everything was choreographed down to like the second, but it, it was really good. I mean, I was really the only other show that actually reminded me of that is when I saw Metallica in the garden as well, which is very weird comparing Bruno Mars to Metallica. But it was the same kind of thing where it was like they had this down to a science. Like yep. this is like a well-oiled machine it's a show and, and in every sense of the word, like we know exactly what's, you know, what the stage is doing at this point. We know when this song is transitioning into this and it, it was all really cool. I was really pumped. I've had, I've been to a few concerts. I've been to like Aerosmith, stuff like that. But there's one concert that was a show, like what it sounds like Bruno Mars was. And you're going to laugh hysterically when I say who it was. Yeah, sure. Phenomenal show. Weird Al Yankovic. I'm sure dude, because he doesn't have to, because he can't get up there and just kind of like jam. Like he puts on, I saw him when I was like 14. My dad had like season tickets to like a concert venue by us. And so that was one of them and he couldn't pawn them off on anybody. I was like, I'll go and see Weird Al. I was like, I'm interested. He puts on a hell of a show. He had like video clips in between like outfit changes. I mean, he was on point. Like the clip would end and he'd be like out in that fat suit, like ready to go. I'm like, guy, guy knew how to put on a show. Yeah, exactly. Like when you see Aerosmith, for example, and I've seen a few of these classic rock legacy acts like over the years, like I've seen Roger Waters, I've seen a few yeah. of these other things. I saw and Tom Petty, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. And it's very much like they're just kind of like, you know, they're they're chugging along and they're playing the songs and it can kind of like, you know, drag a little bit because they're not, they're just kind of, they're doing their thing and uh, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. They're jamming. They're the hits and they're, and they're just... They're, they're playing the hits and like they're hitting their beats and it's like all good or whatever. But then when you come out there and see someone who like, you know, like the, the Bruno Mars right now is in his prime. Like this oh, yeah. is the, this is his tour. So he's hitting every single beat so hard. Like he's, he's literally three a run like nobody. Yeah. This is, this is like, it, this is like the difference right now between going to see like, you know, to bring it back to sports. Huh? Yeah. This is the difference between like, you know, most of the most of the concerts that you go to are like regular season baseball games, like a July series, you know, where you get a couple nice moments and it's really yeah. fun. You're like, this is good, I like this. And then when you go to a show, you're like, This is this is, you know, postseason baseball. This is like game seven postseason baseball. This crazy like, stuff oh, this happening left and right. Yeah, this is this is on a different level. This is a different it's the same kind of thing, it's a different yeah. level. Speaking of which, yeah, um, speaking of sports. <laughs> yeah, speaking of sports, not speaking of playoff baseball quite yet. That's what people are here for. We're going to jump into the NFL. Week five in the books. Well, it was an interesting week. A lot of stuff happening. A lot really of major injuries. So what do we wanna, how do we want to attack this? Do we want to go overreactions first and then kind of general thoughts about the first quarter of the season? I think that's uh, probably the best way to go. And uh, let's just actually... Get, I gotta get those scores back up so I remember what happened since it's midweek. Yeah, seriously. Why don't you uh, Why don't you tackle it first? Do you have an overreaction for the folks? I do. Uh, overreaction is now. Don't hate me, James. Shoot. I'm a I'm a homer, but it's really hard to not be a homer at this point. The Eagles are gonna win the NFC Championship. They're gonna <sighs> go to the Super Bowl. I mean, wow. there's nothing you can tell me right now that is stopping this team. 
They are on fire. They're clicking. They just crushed Arizona, who history shows they usually play poorly against Arizona. They're usually getting either blown out or they lose by a touchdown. I mean, it's just one of those things. Carson Wentz is has taken that step. He has moved up. He's completing high percentage passes every game. He's thrown for 300 yards more than I think it's three times now in the first five games, which he only did like twice last year, something like that. But, I mean, this team, offense is starting to click. Nelson Aguilar, who basically past two years, everybody said, get rid of. Uh, we don't want him on the team. Can't catch, can't do anything. Has emerged as an actual legitimate threat. He had a 72-yard touchdown this past weekend. Put a little D-Jacks, fall backwards into the end zone. Defense finally went through all four quarters. They've been really good three quarters. Fourth quarter, they've struggled. Right now, they're 4-1 going into a big, big Thursday night football matchup against Carolina. I think if they come out of that with a victory and do it pretty handedly, they're going to win the NFC Championship. Because tell me right now what other team in the NFC is really that good besides throw Green Bay at me, but they got a lot of injuries. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay was probably the one that I was going to throw at you. You know, the Rams show flashes, but they're probably still a couple years away. Um, I mean, who else, right? The Panthers. I mean, this week is going to be actually I, – I wrote the Panthers off big time. Turns out all you needed was a nice little uh, matchup against the Patriots defense Seriously. to show this is, you know, what would you know, jumpstart your offense. Um, the Vikings, I guess I could throw at you maybe. The Vikings are decent this year, I mean, but even that is the stretch. Atlanta, but I still don't know if they have the non I believe Atlanta. I don't know. Everyone's kind of been writing Atlanta off a little bit, like just because they lost. They, they were on a bye week this week, so it's pretty easy to you know overlook them. But they, they had a bad loss in week four. I totally understand that. But I actually think – I mean, Atlanta for the first three weeks looked fantastic and then had a bad loss in week four. That like, Chicago win did not look that good to me. You don't think so? No, that was a – they should have crushed Chicago right out of the gate, and they did not. I don't know, man. Chicago's like low-key frisky. Like, what am I missing here? Uh, you're missing a lot. All right, whatever. Um, I think that's I think that's an appropriate take, though. The Eagles look great. The, the Eagles look <laughs> genuinely really good. They're going to be NFC championships. That's how great they look. Everyone, everyone else in that division is practically saying, like, no, please, take my wife sort of thing. You know yeah, I mean? Seriously. Like, oh. it's, a, it's a tough division. Uh, but the Eagles are looking good. You always knew that you're gonna have a good defense. I think the question was whether or not you're gonna have a decent offense. And um, secondary, it really was. I'm insanely, thing. I'm insanely jealous that you're, you know, that you're getting to experience Legarrette Blunt because right now all of my running backs are like fine. Um, but I really miss Legarrette Blunt, and he's having a pretty good season for you. Yeah. When they actually and Wentz through four touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Wentz uh, had a hell of a touchdowns. Day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't three get in the first that. quarter. You know you're doing well when uh, the former franchise quarterback, Donovan McNabb, brings his kid in to get an autograph from you now. That's not bad. No, I mean, he's, a, he's past game. <laughs> I don't trust redheaded quarterbacks. I don't trust ginger quarterbacks, but he's, uh, he, he's working his way into, uh, into the, in the conversation. He at least is improving, which I think is, I think is important. You're trying to run at least towards the one swag and to get on. I, I'm not on the. I'm not fully on the Wentz wagon. I think the kid's a player. No, don't get me wrong. I think the kid's like a legitimate. Like I think he's pretty good. There's um, a, actually a funny clip. It's like um, Malcolm Jenkins and I forget who else sitting on the bench this past weekend, and they were literally talking about Wentz and it's like, dude, he's just like a he's a baller. He's like Roethlisberger, but just way more athletic. They're like yeah. he's, they're like he's legit, and it was just funny them like it's like shock in their voice, even though they know how good he is already. There's like uh, he just looks really good this year. It is funny, like it, it, like we've had such a 
you know, a glut of like of NFL quarterbacks. Like there's been so many bad NFL quarterbacks now that now when you have like three good ones that are kind of popping up and, and poking their head out, you're like, oh, wow, he can do He can run out of the pocket and make throws on the, yeah. on the run. He, he can uh, complete more than 50% of passes. This is oh, crazy. Wow. He, can, he can step up under pressure and, and thread the needle. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, we've literally had, like, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and everyone else have been garbage the last, like, few years. Um, so now that you actually have, like, a crop, a younger crop of quarterback that's doing well, it's pretty funny. Yeah. My overreaction, speaking of which, is that Aaron Rodgers is good at football. <laughs> that's my overreaction. It, Let me just quickly... Okay, okay, okay. So, okay, first of all, I guess as a Brady lover, it's a it's an overreaction. I still am not. Uh, I, I he just doesn't do it for me. This Aaron Rodgers, it's boring. Aaron Rodgers is boring. I don't know what else to say. I just it, it's it's like okay. So when when Dak scored that touchdown to go up in the fourth quarter, and they had a minute left with Aaron Rodgers uh, down by three. What what person out there was like, oh yeah, there like there's there's some uncertainty here of what's gonna happen. Like it was all it was. He's so good that he's boring. Yeah, there wasn't. I don't think I actually was nervous at all that Green Bay wasn't gonna win that game. Like if Golden State is going into like the last three minutes of the fourth quarter and they're down by nine points, like you kind of know that Kevin Durant and Steph Curry are gonna hit like eight threes. And all of a sudden, they're going to win by like 20 and walk out of there. And everyone's like, oh, wow, that was. But even that is a little bit, I don't know. I, like Aaron Rodgers, that was definitely a really exciting comeback. And he knew it was going to happen. And everyone in the, in the stadium knew it was going to happen. And almost you almost want to criticize the Cowboys for, for not kind of running the clock down a little bit more before giving Aaron Rodgers like a full minute and a half with multiple timeouts. Not only that, play actual normal defense. I don't get what is with teams that just give like the – First 15, 20 yards. I know. Oh, I know. You play you play regular defense all game, and, and you know, like that at least has a chance of stopping him. And meanwhile, you're so you're so freaked out by letting up the big play that you have to play prevent defense and give people like and you know, and then the freaking you know, the first play of the of the of the drive is the running back ripping off a twenty yard gain. Well it's like, yeah. well, you know what's gonna happen now. You know play two safeties super deep if you're that concerned, but let everybody plays play normal for the most part. Now, Aaron Rodgers is great at football, and I think that we just—I think I have to just kind of accept that. I mean, what—it's—it's it's funny because this this season has kind of been like the season of uncertainty in a way, where you just have no idea what's going to happen. Like all of our preconceived notions going into the uh, into the season have kind of been yeah. upended. Um, a lot of people, teams we thought were going to be bad, are good. A lot of the teams we thought were going to be good are bad. Um, there's no real kind of front runner for like best team in the NFL right now. Maybe the Chiefs withstanding. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of funny to see like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady can still, you know, pull out game winning fourth quarter drives right out of their assholes whenever they need to. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's still it's still nice to have some things that are still, you know, uh, pretty standard. Agreed. Um, so that's my that's my crazy overreaction for the week. Mm. Uh, anything else you want to talk about in week five? Uh, I'm torn between, I have two overreactions. I go with both involving quarterbacks, one positive, one negative. Which All do right, you want to hear? Um, give, give, me, give me both, uh, give me both at once. I want to hear them both. Give me, give me right. bad news first and good news second. Always. All right. Bad news first. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be retired halfway through the season. Oh, don't even talk to me about this. We're going to get oh, this man. later on in terms he of fantasy. Who's dead so to me? bad. We'll, we'll talk about this. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can touch on that 
Uh, that's my overreaction, though. He's going to retire halfway through the season. He was thinking about it before the season. He's playing like he's already retired. He is awful looking. Uh, and basically, he tried to give in to the whole poutiness of Antonio Brown from last weekend and just kept trying to chuck things at him. And it did not go well against the Jaguars. I get they have a decent defense, but five interceptions is not acceptable in any sort of right. way. And then my positive, Deshaun Watson is going to be the NFL MVP this year. The really? Kid, yeah. The kid has been amazing since his first start. He looked awful against Cincinnati. I didn't think maybe, you know, I was like, okay, rookie, maybe he'll get a little bit better, but maybe this is all we're going to get out of Deshaun Watson. He has looked amazing the past few weeks against the Kansas City Chiefs. They had a chance to win. He threw five touchdowns with no interceptions, 261 yards, and he rushed for 31 yards on three different attempts. That's still pretty good. If anything, he won. He's going to be rookie of the year no matter what at this point. I mean, he looks so good. Dalvin yeah. Cook towards ACL. The only person that can challenge him is maybe Leonard Fournette because – What about Kareem Hunt? Oh, yeah, Kareem Hunt. Uh, I don't know. I feel like Hunt's going to trail off at some point. It's just a gut okay. feeling. But right. Watson, I think at least he's going to be challenging for MVP talk if he keeps up the pace that he's going at. MVP talk is so that that's that's a massive overreaction. I know. That's no, I, the whole point. No, I mean I, I think that he looks really good. And I think the Texans have to be really encouraged about actually finally having a quarterback. But the Texans defense has been really good. Yeah, I mean, not really good, I guess. They have 130 points against over you know four games. But still, I mean, I think the Texans had a good defense coming into this into this season. Uh, and had one of the better offense or some of the better offensive weapons in the league. So I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm a little hesitant to get a, you know give him MVP consideration. I mean, I think, he's I over a thousand yards. He's got 12 touchdowns and above 60 percent completion rating as a rookie in about four and a half starts. He's the real deal. Don't get me wrong. And by the way, that's another quarterback that the Browns gave up on or the Browns didn't draft. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they can tank this year to get the quarterbacks at UCLA and USC, who, by the way, have trailed off pretty significantly. <laughs> I would love the know. fact they gave Kaiser the chance and uh, Hugh Jackson basically said, I will deal with this rookie ups and downs. We're sticking with him this morning. Hey, a uh, little bit of news, guys. We're going with Kevin Hogan for the start this week. Uh, we're going to sit to Sean. He's uh, struggled a little much. Oh, my God. I can't like, even. Hey, I can't even. I actually had some you know, some kind of optimism going in there being like the Browns aren't going to be the worst team in the league this year. It's going to be like the Jets or the Bills or someone in the AFC South, you know, or, you know, who knows? Maybe it could even be the Bears. Nope, it's the Browns. It's hey, always the Browns. There's still two other teams that are just as bad right now. It's, they're not just as bad, though, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but they're not just as bad. Like the Browns are a different level of bad. The Browns have yeah. given, have given up the most points – Besides the Colts and the Titans, through Not three games in the AFC, and they've and they've scored the least points of anyone besides the Dolphins, who had a bye week. Yeah, <laughs> first week of the year bye week. Like they, they've already had a bye week, and they're the only team that's that's underperforming on offense worse than the Browns. So yeah. giving up the most points and and scoring the least is not a good combination, Greg. I'm not a statistician here. Uh, no, I have heard that before in uh, inner circles and from sources that scoring little and giving up a lot, not usually recipe for success. Not ideal. Who knows? Uh, okay, 
so we're a quarter of the way through the give or take a quarter of the way through the NFL season. Um, so we've had a chance to kind of get a lay of the land and see what's going on. We have a sample size. It's not a great one, but it's a better one than when, than when we were first giving our reactions week one. Yeah. What do you think? Um, what have we seen so far from the league, from teams, from players, from coaches, from fans, from anything? Um, what are your overall thoughts? Give us, give us three quick hits for uh, we'll go we'll go snake draft. Right. Uh, we'll go one each, but give us a couple quick hits about what you're thinking about the league so far. Uh, well, controversy of protests and all that aside, because who cares? Uh, first quick one I'm going to give to you: AFC East, most surprising division. Surprising division. Okay. You have three teams I, I, I that are three and two, with one of them being the Patriots, not that unexpected, but the Jets and the Bills are right there with them. And at this point, I'm not even comfortable giving the division to the Patriots because their defense has not looked trustworthy. They barely escaped Tampa Bay, and that's only because a kicker couldn't make a simple field goal. Patriots defense is tough. Uh, I talked about the Browns potentially being um, one of the teams that's led the most, uh, one of the most points in the AFC, uh, Patriots behind the Browns and point the loud, uh, in the AFC right now. It's the Brown as the Patriots, the Titans and the Colts, and then the Browns. Uh, and then the NFC, I believe they met lit up more points than anyone in the AFC in the NFC. Yep. More points than anyone in the NFC. Uh, the Patriots have. Nice uh, that's a tough, tough defense. And they have a really hard schedule. <laughs> it's only going to get worse from here. They have to play yep. the entire NFC South, which we established going in was going to be one of the toughest divisions. And I think that's kind of borne out. They've lo- they're one and one against them right now, right? They've lost beat. Uh, uh, one and uh, two and one. Oh, that's right. They already played Tampa Bay. I forgot that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the Saints, the Bucks, and the Panthers, they have to still play the Falcons. Um, luckily a few of the games that I thought were going to be really difficult, like the, like the Steelers, uh, are, are no longer as difficult, but they still have to play with the Broncos and the Raiders. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of tough teams in there. They still need to go through. I mean, Steelers um, can still give us uh, some, uh, issues if their offense puts it together for one game. Uh, we'll see, but I, I know what you're saying. I think that everyone going into this, you know, the bills are technically in first place. I think, I think they get the tiebreaker. Um, and the and the Jets are surprisingly frisky, you know. I think that yeah. that's that was that's the biggest surprise to me. I think in the, in that division is the Jets. Uh, I think the Bills kind of always do this thing in September and October where they get they get their fan base really excited about this team, and then they kind of trail off and they go, you know, seven and nine or six and six and ten or whatever it is, and that kind of always happens. But the Jets weren't. They've already hit their over. Their over yeah. under was two and a half wins. And they haven't looked terrible in those wins. Yeah, I think that Todd Bowles is a decent coach. coach. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Just that's off is going to fire him for uh, getting this so many wins. Um, so I have a most surprising division in the other direction. I say the AFC North is the most surprising division for me um, because I think that is so uncompetitive. I really thought that going into this divi- that going into this season it was going to be like the AFC South, which has always kind of had some putrid teams. And by the way, still does. Let's yep. go ahead and throw that out there. They still have some pretty bad teams. Three teams uh, under five hundred. And then I also thought that, like you know, like I don't know, the NFC West has has some like historically not great teams. And again, they still sort of do. But I the the division that makes me just kind of go ugh is the AFC North. Every none of those teams in that division 
look good to me. Not a single one look like they're like they're a competent NFL team. Um, you know, you have a Steelers team that refuses to give the ball to Le'Veon Bell. Uh, you have a Ravens team that has that has allowed more points than it's scored, yet somehow still has a winning record. Uh, you have a Bengals team that I was talking that like people were talking about Marvin Lewis about being one of the first coaches fired, and they're in, in striking distance from winning the fucking division. And then you have a Browns team <laughs> oh. that had that is sitting their rookie quarterback after he goes zero and five because he plays with the fucking Browns. Yeah, give like, him somebody to throw to, maybe. What's going on? That this who wants this division? Who wants to win the AFC North? Because I don't see anybody who looks like they actually want to win this division. I don't even know how the Steelers have three wins. The Steelers have three wins. They're garbage. They're so bad. And not to step on the fantasy toes. Uh, we're, we're talking about the fantasy later on, so I'm going to find somebody else who's dead to me in fantasy. One of our segments today is who's dead to me in fantasy. Ben Roethlisberger. Drew Brees had one fucking bye week, and I start Ben Roethlisberger, and he throws five fucking picks. <laughs> five picks. Two pick sixes. That's not that's unheard of. That's yeah, unheard of count, right? Browns quarterback. That's unheard of for like, you know, fucking Jake DeLome or like Matt Schaub. This is Ben Roethlisberger. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Five picks with two pick sixes? Are you fucking kidding me? Someone <laughs> someone's gotta wanna win this division. I don't know who it is, Greg. Tell me. Tell me who's gonna win this division. It's gonna be the Browns. They're gonna shock everybody. They're only three games out of first. They're not uh, that it's not even that inconceivable. I know. <laughs> how wait? How much do you think everybody would go nuts if that somehow happened? Well, I mean, Kevin Hogan comes in and just runs the league. Yeah, what happened to Colt McCoy? Is he not a thing anymore? He's on the Redskins. I don't know. Colt McCoy, I feel like is the backup for like seven teams. Yeah, that's just me. Know. I feel like uh, how he's still in the league. I don't know. Uh, he shouldn't have been allowed after he hurt his shoulder in the national championship and let Alabama win. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's that's my spiel. Um, what other what other hits do we got about the about the NFL season, Greg? Halfway through, uh, halfway through another, another yeah, quarter way through, halfway. Uh, feels like we're halfway. It, it's been a long season for some reason. Feeling so far, um, Giants are going to basically just blow everything up and rebuild. That's what I'm going to get from what's currently going on in New York. There is no way. They don't just basically. Yeah, so my mic was weird. Um, but yeah, so as I was saying, the Giants, uh, before it cut out, uh, just going to blow everything up, basically. Ben McAdoo is going to be gone. They're going to scratch everything from the beginning, start over again. They'll have OBJ. I don't know if they'll have Eli. They may get rid of him. What do you um, think about this Eli to the Jaguars thing that's kind of gained steam on the internet? Um, I think it makes it makes sense. Team him back up with Coughlin, put him there, and uh, in general, he's going to get some weapons. He'll have a running game, something he hasn't had in New York really ever after Tiki Barber left. But, I mean, the Giants are 0-5. It doesn't look like it's going to get any better. Just, you know, suck it up. Start the rebuild. Start getting ready for your future. Get ready for that future quarterback to come in and take over. Start grooming him now. And uh, try to figure out this offense, get a runner, get uh, you know some healthy wide receivers, and get the defense shored up. Because if you can do that, you'd be competitive. And that's what we thought was going to happen this year, and it's not at all. 
Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of stuff about this um, this Eli to Jacksonville trade thing. Um, I don't think it's going to happen for a couple of reasons. First and foremost being that there's no major NFL quarterbacks that have been moved in the middle of the season, at least in recent memory. I think the biggest one was like Sam Bradford, and that was the beginning of the season. No, it was the middle of the season. But Sam Bradford's like the biggest name that's been actually moved, you know, quarterback, uh, a major quarterback trade. That just doesn't happen. NFL is not like the NBA. The NBA, you can trade people and just kind of like plop them in and, and, and make this, you know, the fit will be a little weird, but you'll figure it out. Whereas the NFL is not really like that. Um, you know, between the salary cap and then the, the steep learning curve from people's offense to offense, I don't see that happening. The second thing, reason why I don't see that happening is because Eli, is Eli a markedly better quarterback than Blake Bortles? Yeah. I don't know. You think? Really? Yep. Like, are you, you're, going, you're going from like a C, a C minus to a B minus? That's good? We like that? I don't know. I, 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 can't, I can't buy that as, like a, as a huge upgrade. He had Brandon Marshall and Odell Beckham Jr. in a decent run game, and he couldn't really produce enough points to go to win one fucking game. Yeah, I don't. You make a good point, but I feel like it's a whole different feeling condition than for him again. And he gets maybe, you know, kind of second life type feel. That game that Blake Bortles had against the Ravens, I know that I harped on that game because that's like, I get it. Like, you know, it's a one-off, but like that game is better than anything that Eli has done in the last two years. Two years. I mean, it's kind of pushing it. No, I mean, that's, that's very real. What were the giants good? At? Like the giants weren't good last year. I, I think that, I think that that's not a huge upgrade. Eli to, from Blake Bortles to Eli. I don't think that gets the Jaguars much further than they're going to get this year. That doesn't, that doesn't increase their ceiling for me. Like, that if you if you told me that you can get like Marcus Mariota who's hurt or Andrew Luck who's also hurt, you know, cool. You know, if they traded for Deshaun Watson, great. But you know, like if if you're trading for you're trading for an over the hill quarterback who is not going to be much better than the quarterback that you have on your roster now, I don't see the point in that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more so just be to get Jaguar fans interested, give them somebody that they know can throw the ball, and that's about I guess. it. Um, who's the biggest question mark in the entire league right now to you? As a team or as a player? As a team. Who's the biggest question mark as a team? Oakland Raiders. That was my pick too. What's going on with them? I get that Derek Carr is hurt, but right. still he was healthy for four out of the first five games. The Wa- the Washington game is really what kind of did it for me. They looked awful. Their offense couldn't do anything against that Washington defense, which – you should be able to do something with the weapons you got. You got Crabtree, you got Cooper, you got two of the best wide receivers in the game combination. And you got a decent tight end. And yeah, Marshawn Lynch isn't the best running back. Uh, he's older. Uh, we talked about it in our preseason thing. But he still gets you yards. He still makes defenses have to you know respect the run possibility. And they just haven't lived up to what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to be that team that, if the Patriots were as good as we expected them to be, was going to be the team that took them down, and they just they haven't looked like that. And now Carr's hurt; he might not be back for a few weeks. And unless EJ Manuel learns how to actually play quarterback, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, I mean, they were one of those teams that everyone kind of just penciled in as like one of the better teams in the AFC. He's going to make it the AFC Championship game or something along those lines. And that football has proved time and time again 
that you can't just pencil any team in except if you're the Patriots or Aaron Rodgers. Like, literally, those are the only two exceptions yeah. for teams that can get penciled in. And that brings me to my point about the this this um, quarter of the way through the season. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, there is nothing going on. There's no division right now that's locked up. I think that you could make a case for... Like, you could make a case for the uh, for the NFC East. Yeah, I was going to say, looking at it, that might be that NFC North right now with Green Bay up. One game. One yeah, game but- on the Lions and the Vikings, who both look decent, not great. Every single team looks decent, not great. I think you yeah. can make a case for the Eagles, and I think you could potentially make the case for the Chiefs, but the Broncos look Say, Denver doesn't look bad though. So yeah, I mean, that's what I I'm guess saying. you're right. No, there's one division, no division maybe is locked up. No, there's no clear like this person's going to win this division or this team's going to win this division. Like every single week, we think that we have a better grasp on what's happening, we and then the, and, and then it gets completely upended. So I think that more so than last year, the league has kind of gone to where it wants to go, which is which is real parity. Anything can happen. It's a little bit more randomness. It actually feels a little bit more like like baseball in a way yeah where like there's just there's just a little bit more randomness built in like with basketball and with hockey you can sort of get a better idea of what's going to be happening nights from night to night but this is just different it, it's just i i have no idea what's going to go on i mean who's gonna, look, if you had, if matchups you, this week in general you could seriously. have so many things happen the packers vikings vikings win uh nfc north is tied questions there it's what happens been, if what happens if the Panthers beat your Eagles at home this week yeah. where the Panthers are at home? Like what all happens of a sudden, if the Jets beat the Patriots somehow? What do we start thinking about that whole division and the Patriots as a whole? Well, let's not get crazy. Oh, okay. No, but I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, though. I, it, it's it's all up for grabs right now. Like even the Eagles right now, if if the Eagles lose against the Panthers and the Cowboys win next week against the no, they're going into a bye. Um, but no, if they're if sorry, if the Redskins beat the beat the Four Niners, which are, which they're probably they probably should, sure. realistically, um, all of a sudden that division's close. Um, the Seahawks just beat the Rams, so they're so the Seahawks have taken sole possession of the NFC West, you know. But what happens if the Seahawks next week, you know, lose to they're also on a bye? What the fuck's wrong with me? It's okay. God damn it. It happens. But the but the Rams could potentially beat the Jaguars, right? All of a sudden that they're in the driver's seat. So, you know, the Raiders are playing the Chargers. They could get kind of back into the mix potentially. I mean, it's just it's all uh it's all up for grabs and I don't think there's there's so so little predictability in this league right now that it, it makes predictions tough, makes gambling tough. Oh, yeah. Uh it makes all this whole this whole thing difficult. It makes the games a little bit more exciting in a sense. Yeah, but I mean, gamblers not, are they're pulling their hair out though. There's not a clear hierarchy. No, there's definitely not, and it's it's a fast. It's going to be an interesting. I can't wait to see the halfway mark and what everything looks like. Definitely. Uh, okay, cool. So let's let's pivot and let's go to playoff baseball to finish out the podcast today. Wait, you don't want to figure out who's dead to you in fantasy? Oh, uh, we'll do that quickly. We'll each give one person. So who's dead to you in fantasy football, Greg? You can start. All right, who's dead to me in fantasy football? I'm going after another tight end. Uh, Ooh, I am tight too. ends are just uh, not fun. And uh, so, last week I did uh, Jason Witten because he had two terrible games. He did better this past week. Uh, another terrible one uh, who killed me. 
because you know, figured you take a gamble. You gotta you gotta go with some guys once in a while. Maybe hope they have a decent comeback game. Eric Ebron of the Lions, awful. He has had terrible, terrible year. Can't catch the save of his life. Uh, he's dead to me. He had 0.5 points this past week because if I'm I'm in a PPR league, and uh, it was just it wasn't pretty, uh, and it hasn't been pretty. He's had two one point games, one three point game, and he's had one decent game where he got 12 and a half points. James, that was week two against the Giants, which I guess anybody can do well against the Giants right now. But he's dead to me. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm also going to go with the tight end. So early on in the draft this year, I, I drafted Eifert. Um, Eifert to me has always been a guy where they talked about him as like, you know, maybe he could be, maybe he could be the next Gronk. I don't know. Um, and he's not, and he's not, and he's not, and he's, and he's hurt and he's never lived up to his reputation of being a really great tight end. He's never lived up to his reputation being like a top tier fantasy guy. And I drafted him number one overall and through first four or five weeks, he hasn't even played. And then the reports come out that Adam Schefter is saying that he's considering season ending surgery on his back. So I wasted a pretty high pick on a tight end. And now I have to go with like this guy on the, on the box. I had Julius Thomas for a while. Like it's ugly. It's ugly. Tyler Eifert, you're dead to me. Dead. Yeah, uh, makes sense. Him and it's guys like him, Gronk, uh, those big tight ends that you expect, Jimmy Graham the past few years, they've all just – tight ends in general have just been awful. Yeah. You only get lucky with a few. Uh, Jordan Reed, when he's healthy, seems to be consistent. Right. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Zach Ertz is becoming now one of the more consistent ones. He's always been pretty consistent, I feel. Yeah, but now like people are realizing it. He used to be like one of the, like the tenth or twelfth ranked tight ends in drafts up until like a year or two ago. So at least he's finally getting the recognition. But tight ends, basically, I guess we could say as a whole, James, tight ends dead to me in fantasy. Dead. All right, cool. now let's move on to playoff baseball. <laughs> let's hop into baseball. We missed our predictions last week because of my illness. Um, I got them so- in, and they they weren't pretty. <laughs> Yeah, let's kind of go series by series here. So the uh, let's just kind of start with the series that have that have wrapped up already. The Houston Astro- Astros beat the Red Sox in four games. <sighs> this is a tough one. Um, Hard to swallow, James. Well, first and foremost, okay, so A, I'd say that the Red Sox didn't put up any fight on the road, um, which is kind of par for the course for them this year. No, uh, no fight at all. They, and then Chris Sale had a pretty horrible playoff debut, which is which is too bad. I mean, he had some really great moments this season. But I think that the Astros are a better team overall, so I'm not totally surprised at the result. What were your thoughts on the series? Um, I basically knew how the series was going to go after Eduardo Nunez got to a bat in the first game, took two steps, and grabbed his knee. I was like, oh, that's going to be basically what we look at. And that's just going to be the picture. Person, like, ground ball, yeah. Yep. I was like, that's – going to be how this game and series goes completely. And I wasn't that wrong. 8-2, 8-2, or 8-3 in the second game. Showed some life in the third game. You know, Fenway Faithful, I help, think, helped out a bit. And then game four, had all the opportunities in the world to win that game. You had the bases loaded, no outs, couldn't get one run. You had Chris Sale go for a while, looked pretty good. He gave up a run. Then you bring in your closer, who's been dominant all year. He gives up two runs. And if he just held one run, if he just gave up one run, you had a guy hit an inside-the-park home run in the bottom of the ninth. 
And maybe if the game got tied then, it turns around. Maybe they're playing in Houston tonight instead of sitting at home watching the Yankees potentially try to upset the Indians. Yeah, it could be. Um, I think I, I do really think, though, I mean, you know, you can you can talk about Farrell mismanaging the bullpen. Um, Don't you know, you can talk about you can talk about the, the bats not showing up on the road. Um, you can talk about all this kind of stuff until you're blue in the face and and Farrell getting ejected. I mean, that all kind of led to him getting fired today. But I, I think that at the end of the day, the, the better team won. Yeah. You know, the Red Sox have a lot of talent. Um, and I think that this is indicative of why they fired Farrell. The Red Sox have so much talent that they need to be a juggernaut. They need to be in the conversation with the Clevelands and the Houstons and the Los Angeleses of the world and mm-hmm. the Chicagos and the Washingtons. And they're just not in that conversation. They just no. don't, they don't fit that bill. But with the talent that they have, they need to. And I think that's on the manager at the end of the day. It is. And after five years, you know, he had three first place finishes and a World Series title. Uh, he had, but he also had two dead last finishes. And with the talent this team has year in and year out, that's just not good enough. And when you also seem to lose control of the clubhouse, like he did this season with every every week, it seemed like there was a new story coming out of the Red Sox dugout of, you know, prices being mean to a Hall of Fame reporter. Pedroia is at odds with everybody. Uh, you know, Chris Sale. Just week after week, I felt like there was a story. Exactly. And you need as it, your manager, you gotta you gotta get one out in front of it, or two, tell everybody, hey, shut your mouths, focus on the game, do what you need to do. We'll talk about this, but don't talk to the media about it. I said at the beginning of the, or I said it a few weeks ago. This is one of the more unlikable Red Sox teams. And it's because like nothing, nothing just felt good. It felt like. Yeah. It felt like they had this this great this great roster. They have an amazing core, where you have Benintendi, Betts, and Bogarts as your main guys. But then you have guys like Nunez uh, and Devers, and you have all these younger guys who can kind of anchor the team. And then you have the Pedroyas uh, of the world, the Hanley Ramirez is to provide to provide the veteran. And yeah. then you have Chris Sale, who could potentially be a Cy Young candidate, and David Price, who's supposed to be pretty good. And all of it went to shit. So what what's who is who's to blame there? And, you know, even if it's not Farrell's fault, he kind of has to be the fall guy. That's what happens when he's the skipper. Yep. Um, so that's what happened. But, but the Houston Astros are moving on. Houston was the better team. They deserved it. Yeah. Uh, best of luck to them. The other team the other team that's already clinched a spot in the championship series is the Dodgers. They swept the Diamondbacks. Do you have much to say about this? I don't really have much to say about this. No, Dodgers look like the team that was, you know, 50 games above 500 for their most of the year. Um, looks like they found their groove again, and they're going to be set up perfectly for the NLCS with their pitching. Everybody's going to be healthy, rested, uh, and it should be everything all go for them. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's get on to the games that actually matter. It's the uh, Yankees and Indians and then the Cubbies at the Nationals. The Cubs and the Nationals are playing right now, and the Nationals are up 5 to nothing in the eighth inning. So I think it's safe to say that the, the Nationals are going to force a decisive Game 5 uh, in the championship series here. Yeah, real quick, um, James, I guess we can uh, look at this. Strasburg, guess not that sick, won seven innings. Gave up three hits, struck out twelve. I, I don't understand this whole thing about where they said that he wasn't going to pitch, and then it was it was very weird how it all came out too. Where Dusty Baker said that he like, he threw him on a really hard bullpen, so he can't pitch today. But then he's like, oh well, I'm actually lying. I said you know I only said that, and he's actually sick, um, yeah. but he's not that sick actually, so he might pitch. Like, who the fuck is on the Nationals leaking all this shit? 
Shut um, up. I mean, they said Strasburg came in yesterday. They said, hey, if it's postponed, can you go tomorrow? He said, I can give it a go, but I don't know what I can give you. So basically they were like, he's basically saying, don't put me in. I don't think I'm good for it. And then he woke up today and was feeling fine and good and ready to go. But the story had already leaked at that point. So yeah. it made it all worse, mainly because but- now it looks like the negative comments and the internet trolls, including myself, uh, convinced them, hey, I need to start this game so I don't look like a little bitch. Dusty Baker to me feels like John Farrell in the sense that it's like the the team that um like the team that has an amazing roster but just not a great manager. Yeah, well that's like Dusty the, Baker the guy that, any team. The, the guy that just doesn't totally seem like he knows what he's doing and then all of a sudden like, you know, his his team quits on him or his team is like kind of in disarray and he doesn't totally know why. I've never um, known how Dusty Baker keeps getting jobs. No, seriously, I, I have no idea. And and somehow the Nationals are going to force this game five and make it happen against the Cubs, who have somehow lost their ability to win on, win at home, which I don't get. Yeah. But, and, okay, going in. And also, Jake so kind of lost, like, his way to pitch. Going into this fifth game, who do you think is going to take pull this thing out? you think it's going to be the Cubs or the Nationals going to, the, going to face the Dodgers in the championship series? I think it's – I don't know what the pitching matchup is going to be. Uh, let's see if I can find it out somehow. It's going to be uh, Kyle Hendricks versus – undecided for the Nationals. Most likely that means it's going to be Gonzalez or probably some combo of Gonzalez-Scherzer going at it. So it might be like Scherzer goes for three or four innings, gives you as much as he can. Then you bring in Gio Gonzalez to try to close it out. Uh, I think based on that, it's in Washington. I'm going to go with the Cubs mainly because I feel like Washington teams can't close at home. Yeah, that's fair. I don't, I'm also going to go with the Cubs here. I think it's me, Cubs-Dodgers in the championship series. I always think that the Cubs have the better... I don't know. They've kind of been there before and they know what the deal is. And, you know, the, the Cubs team has kind of been underwhelming this year, but I honestly think that they're going to pull this out against the Nationals. The Nationals are good. good. Don't get me wrong, but I, 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 I'm going with the Cubs here. Um, the other series that's playing the decisive game tonight is the, is the, uh, is the Yankees and the, and the Indians. So we're not going to be able to actually uh, we're, we're not going to be able to give a real-time analysis on what happens between these two, these two teams here. What do you think of so far the series? And, and, you know, let's give some, you know, a, a prediction that might be wrong or right. Yeah. You know, depending on when you're listening to this, you can let us know. <laughs> what do you think? What's going on here? Um, well, one, it's definitely shocking. I kind of thought the Indians were going to come in, sweep the series. I think everybody did. They were yeah. just that favored. Their pitching is as dominant. Carrasco, you had Kluber, you had Bra- uh, Bauer, uh, three starters that, if Bauer won, you were like, okay, game over, series one, simply. Then Kluber got knocked around in game two. Um, I can't see that happening again tonight, but who knows? Everybody's still talking about the whole Girardi not uh, challenging the one call in that game. They, a lot of people think if the Yankees do lose, uh, that could be the thing that finally pushes Yankee management to be like, all right, Joe, you've had a good run 10 years. We're going to try something new with this young core. But yeah, I mean, Yankees have been surprising. The only thing that's not been shocking about the Yankees is Aaron Judge's lack of being able to not strike out. He has struck out, I think, nine times, ten times. I don't know. He's basically got like two hits, both home runs, not shocking. Uh, but he's looked basically like an A-Rod in the postseason. It's definitely hurt his MVP consideration, especially when Altuve had an unreal series against yeah. the Red Sox. Um, By the way, I, I think, think it's winning. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think that Cleveland wins this too. I mean, I honestly, I can't, I think the Yankees are actually a decent story. Uh, and I think that the Yankees are, it's always better when the Yankees are good. But I think that Houston and Cleveland have been the two best teams in the American League all year. And I think that the baseball playoffs kind of sh- like bear that out sometimes. I know I said that they're kind of random last time. But after watching, I, I've watched a lot of games um, of, of the playoffs this year. I honestly think that the better teams usually kind of come out on top. Yep. Um, I, I think that 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 has been the trend so far. It's like the Yankees were better than the Twins, so they won. The Diamondbacks were better than the Rockies, so they won. You know, the Los An- the Dodgers were much better than Diamondbacks, so they won. The Houston, the Astros were much better than the Red Sox, so they won. Yeah. Like I think that there's, it's kind of been like a thing right now. So I think it's me, Cleveland versus Houston, and Chicago versus Los Angeles. Uh, and I think that that's, I think that's the way it should be. I think those are the four teams that everyone's been talking about at the beginning of the year as being the best teams in baseball. Yeah. I mean, the nationals and Cubs literally is a coin flip. I feel like for the most part of who's better. Yeah. And no, we're just going to give the edge to the Cubs because Bill exactly. Murray. I agree with either of those teams going. I think that those are both pretty much right there, evenly matched. And then with the Yankees and the, and the Indians, I think the Indians are a better team. I think they're going to win. Yeah. All right. So based on that, depending on, how these series go next time record based on your predictions, at least early, early predictions of who's winning these two series based on our thoughts, Chicago, LA, who's at least in the lead by the time we record again. Who's in the lead between Chicago and LA. Yeah. in that series. Um, I'd say LA. If it's Chicago, yeah. LA, I'm gonna give it Chicago. I'll, okay, I'll go. I'll go LA. I don't. I don't feel great about it, but I say LA. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Chicago just because. Okay. Be a little different. Uh, if it's Indians, Houston, who are you going with? I think the Indians are going. I think the Indians are gonna win the World Series this year. I think I'm gonna go with the Indians. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think even with using their pitching up uh, more than they want to, even if you have uh, Tomlin or somebody starting Game One in that ALCS, I just think. Cleveland, I feel like they're destined to at least get back to the World Series. Whether they win or not, I guess we'll see how they look in the ALCS and how things match up. But I agree. I think Indians will at least be in the lead by the time we next talk. I think they win tonight against the Yankees. Obviously, if they don't, I think we both would agree Houston. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. All right. I think that's everything we have for uh, this episode, Greg. I think it's a good app. I like it. Uh, Next week, we might try to do a double episode type thing if we get NBA preview, and then we'll do a short NFL uh, MOB talk one maybe. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. Um, We're going to disband and go watch this Cleveland and uh, and New York game. Um, But Anything else before we want to sign off? No. uh, Everybody enjoy the games. Uh, Have fun this weekend. Uh, James, own five teams. Who wins first, Giants, San Francisco, or L.A.? Or not L.A. uh, Giants. Browns. Uh, Giants, right. Giants. You think the Giants are going to win against Denver? I think out of all these teams, San Francisco gets their first win against Washington. Good to know. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week for the NBA preview and what have you. And uh, talk to you later. See you guys. The Sports, the sports Dance. dance.